understand the next time you play your family that to me there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Welcome back everybody to episode 40. 40 of Meet Us at Molly's. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Bryna. With me, as always, is Ashley. Hi, everybody. Gina, unfortunately, is not here. She is in LA, living it up, living the best life. We're just slightly jealous, but... And the warm weather. Yeah, for it's like raining and snowing here in Virginia, and I don't even know what the fuck is happening right now <laughs> outside. But, yeah, so we miss her, but we will hopefully all be back for these last two episodes this week, um, but still TBD. Um, but, yeah, so we don't have – we usually start out with the news, but since Gina and Ashley last recorded the PD episode, which was episode 39 that released on Friday the 2nd, um, there hasn't been any news, so we don't really have anything to talk about. Um, but as always, I guess I will we'll mention, um, if you guys have any news, see anything that's one Chicago related, send it to us, tweet it to us, email it to us, however you want to send it. Um, we're only three people. We can only scour the internet in so much time. Um, but yeah, so I guess without further ado, we'll just get right into it. Um, this week we're talking about, um, Chicago Fire... Season 6, episode 11, titled Law of the Jungle. Um, and as always, we break this down by storyline, not necessarily chronologically. Um, so we're going to start with... I was just telling Ashley this before we started recording. <laughs> this was kind of a weird episode to break down by storyline um, because the main storyline kind of consisted of a couple different things that all were tied together, but whatever. So I label this as like... Severide Stella, Severide Casey, Severide just everybody. Um, but yeah, so the episode starts with Severide being a great friend and bringing Stella her charger at work when she forgets it at home. Um, and she thanks him for, you know, dragging Tim, dragging her to the charity event the other night. Um, and he's like, yeah, I'm sorry you had to like blow off your date. She's like, yeah, it's no big deal. He's fine. He understood. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, we talk, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, so then it kind of, I mean, there's other things that happen, but in terms of everything else, they go straight to this call that involves a van transporting a prisoner. And so the entire firehouse crew is working quickly to get the correctional officer, a.k.a. the driver, out of the seat, but he's pinned in. And it doesn't make anything better because the inmate, and this is something I didn't understand, so he's tied, his hands are tied together, right, Ashley? But his yeah. legs aren't? Was he, like, before the van got, like, flipped around, was he, like, sitting somewhere? Because, like, you obviously see him, like, not down on the ground, but enough that, like, he can kick. I don't know. It, like, kind of confused me. Like, I feel yeah, like. I don't know. I feel like a prisoner should be tied down a little bit more like I don't know I mean I obviously it's an accident like he got free a little bit but like still I was like this is weird um but I don't know the layout of a correctional facilities van so I don't know how this works um but anyway so the inmate is his hands are still handcuffed together into this like bar 
but his legs are free. So he begins to kick the driver behind, like, the cage, um, which is hitting, like, the driver's seat. And Severide's like, hey, 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 knock it off. Like, you know, he's you're going to hurt him. But, of course, the prisoner doesn't give two fucks. Um, so he keeps kicking. And Severide, who's working on drivers, like, Casey, like, do something. So Casey goes all Captain Casey and starts, like, banging at the back door of this van to try to get it open. He manages to get it open. And the inmate, of course, then jumps against the door until it knocks him free and knocks Casey over. So now we've got an inmate running loose in the streets of Chicago. <laughs> and Severide's oh, like, oh, fuck, I got to go do this now. And so he, like, runs and chases down the guy, slams him against a car until CPD arrives. Um, and then when CPD has the inmate, Severide rushes back to Casey. And Casey has to end up making a quick call to extract the guy because... The way they were originally trying to get him out was taking too long, and he was kind of losing consciousness. So they end up quickly extracting the guy, and Gabby and Brett take him to med. Ashley, what did you think about this call? Because we had seen, I don't know if you had watched the preview clip, but most of this call was uh, a preview clip. Yeah, like the sneak peek thing. Yeah. yeah. I watch them. See, yeah. like, watching it, it was crazy. And I was like, what is happening? Yeah, and I think, so I had watched it, and obviously, like, I'd seen the first half, and it stops with the guy, like, knocking Casey over. Um, but I think, too, I think it's interesting that, like, this call was, like, within the first five minutes and was kind of used as, like, the opening thing. Because even in the promo for this episode, they kind of make it seem like this call is, like, the big deal. And, I mean, I guess it is because of what happened. Like, it's kind of the fallout of everything that happens with Severide and Casey. Um, but it just made it seem like it was going to be this much bigger deal than it was when in reality, it's the call that ends the episode that ends up being mm, the, the bigger big deal. deal. Right. So I just thought it was interesting. Um, but anyway, so then we're back at 51 and Hazmat Zach stops by to see Sella and he, she's like, oh yeah, I'm sorry. I had to cancel our date. She's like, I had this really bad migraine and I just wasn't feeling up. Girl. Yeah, straight up lied to him. Right. She straight up lied to him. And, like, I'm sure if because they got last-minute invitations to this CFD charity thing, whatever, I'm sure if she said, hey, like, I mean, it still would have technically been a lie, but, like, I'm sure if she had said, hey, I last-minute got roped into this charity event for work, like, sorry, I have to cancel the date. Like, I don't think she needed to go so far as to say, like, oh, I had a migraine, I needed to be in bed all day. Like, girl. Yeah. Like, a migraine, you could still go out with a migraine. Well, yes, but not even that. Like, I'm sure if she had said, just like I said, like, if she had said, hey, I got roped into this event for work, like, I have to cancel the date, I'm sure that would have been okay. Yeah, he would have understood because he's, like, in the same line of work and, like, yeah, right, and, like, they got last-minute invites to this thing anyway. So if she had just said, hey, I don't think I can go. I got roped into this thing. Like, I'm sure he would have been like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, yeah. Like we'll reschedule or something. I thought that was weird. But whatever. Zach doesn't seem to mind because, obviously, he doesn't know that she's lying to him. Whatever. She's like, He's like, hey, what about tomorrow? Like, we can go see a movie and then, like, get beers after and make fun of the movie. And she's like, yeah, sure, that sounds fine. So she's agreeing to go on another date with him. 
which at least makes me somewhat happy. Um, <laughs> and so then we're back in the, like, bunk room area, and Gabby goes to see Casey in his office to tell him that the officer that they just extracted was heading to surgery when the last time they saw him. Um, and Gab- and Casey's like, hey, can I get your honest opinion about something? And he asks her, he's like, would it have made a difference if we made, like, the quick pull from the start? And Gabby's like, well, it's tough to really say, but she's like, any difference would have really been marginal at best. Like, you did the best you could. Like, you got to stop, like, beating yourself up over it. Um, and then we go outside to squad doing some training drills. And then our favorite person ever recently, Chief Grissom, shows up. He's a I'm pain so ready for this man to leave. Yeah, he's been a – this was a – I – he was horrible this episode. He was. i just not a fan. So Chief Grissom shows up, and he wants to talk to Severide about the call from this morning. And he starts asking all these questions about, like, wanting to know whose decision it was to leave the driver in harm's way. And Severide basically is like, well, it was Casey's – well, he, like, says something about – he's like, oh, it was his decision. And – um, Grissom's like, well, was it his decision or was it like an us decision? And then Severide's like, no, it was like a United decision. Like he said something and I agreed with it, but it was a decision we both made together. Um, and then Grissom keeps asking him like a couple more questions and he's like, okay, well, I need to go talk to Bowden and Casey about it. So whatever. So then Grissom does go inside to talk to Bowden and Casey about it. And Grissom starts questioning Casey on if the squad lieutenant, a.k.a. Kelly like agreed with him or not about that decision to keep him in the seat um and then Casey gets all offended as Casey does um when someone questions his authority and Casey's like well did Severide say something um but then their kind of conversation ends and Chris was like no not necessarily but like you know I just need to get like the facts straight um but then Grissom leaves and then kind of as Grissom leaves a call comes in and Chief Bowden says, you know, like, that was med, This op- the officer died 20 minutes ago. So then that gets Casey more down in the dumps because <laughs> Casey's, obviously, it's been on Casey's mind this whole time. So then Casey's telling Gabby, um, you know, about, they're talking about this, and he's like, you know, I want to go to the vigil for the officer. Um, and she's like, yeah, sure, we can go. Um, and then Severide walks by, and so Casey's like, hey, Sev, like, I need to speak with you. And Casey is pissed at him because he thinks that Severide said something to Grissom. Um, but then Severide gets all offended, of course. And he's like, I would never sell anyone out. Like, that's not who I am. And I think it was funny, too. I love I love when Severide says things, like, is the only person who really tells Casey, like, when he needs to hear something, because Casey's like, oh, I got, like, an ear, like, he's like, I just got an earful from the deputy officer, or deputy Grissom about, like, whatever it was, and Severide's like, well, yeah, maybe because you needed one, (laughs) and, like, (laughs) I love when Severide just, like, tells Casey what it says. Me too. It's, Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Severide basically is like, I would never sell you out. Like, that's not who I am. And he just storms out in good old Sev way. Um, so then Grissom and Bowden are having a conversation as Bowden, Bowden is walking Grissom out. And Grissom tells Bowden that he feels that Casey is buckling under pressure 
and that maybe Bowden should put someone new in that position. Um, and then Bowden, of course, comes to defense of Casey and demands, like, wanting to know why Grissom is pitting Severide and Casey against each other, a.k.a. the question we are all wanting oh, to know. Yeah. Like, and He's, then, like, causing tension between them. I do not like that guy. Right, and, like, even beyond the Grissom thing, I think it's interesting that, like, we're 11 episodes into this season, and I think we've had Casey and Severide fighting for probably, like, five episodes. Right, it's like the whole season they've been fighting. Like, can't they just get along? Right, like, and the thing is, I think it's interesting that, like, we've gotten seasons before where they haven't fought, and then now we're in season six, and, like, they fought, like, five times. <laughs> just, like, <sighs> and so I think, yeah, like, I, I mean, obviously, he wants to know why Grissom's pitting them one against one each other, and, like, it'd be different if they just naturally fought over something, but this is, like, someone pitting them against each other um but Grissom doesn't really answer the question and he's like yeah like if anything comes up about this like incident like I'll let Bowden know first um and he would appreciate if Bowden let him know anything that kind of came up about it um but so Grissom kind of avoids the question because of course it's clear that he is pitting Severide and Casey against each other but it doesn't necessarily have the best motives so (laughs) anyway so then Stella goes and finds Severide on the roof, and they kind of have their own version of a cigar chat, which... I at, like this. See, I liked it, but as, like, the main enthusiast for cigar chats, like, <laughs> it's not the same. And we actually got an email from Allison, and she mentioned that, she, she's like, side note, cigars with only one of the cigar chatters is the saddest thing ever. Nice try, Stella, but you're no Matt Casey. <laughs> so, like, it's nice, and, like, I love seeing Stella and Severide have, like, a tiny bit of a heart-to-heart. I mean, obviously, it gets interrupted, and we're going to talk about that in just, like, one second. But, like, I sort of like that part of it, but, like, why did it have to be a cigar chat? It's, yeah. Especially after last week. When, I mean, I guess I get it, like, Casey and Severide aren't really talking right now, but, like, especially after last week, when Severide's, like, you do this and I'll buy you, like, a whole box of, or no, Matt's, like, you do this and I'll buy you a whole box of cigars, and Severide's, like, oh, only if you, you know, smoke it with me, like, it's been too long, and I'm just, like, (sighs) so, it just, it just wasn't the same. (laughs) It just wasn't the same. Um... But anyway, so they're having this little bit of, like, a heart-to-heart. But Severide still doesn't really want to talk about it, so he doesn't – it doesn't really go that much anywhere. But not that it would get the chance to go anywhere because they get interrupted. And suddenly this car pulls up in, like, the driveway. um, And Severide – Okay, every time – I'm going to interrupt you. Every time they have a cigar chat, like, it somehow gets interrupted. Yeah. Like, just give me the cigar chat that doesn't get interrupted. Like, I'm not saying it has to be a five-minute scene, but, like, <laughs> a minute would be nice. Like, yeah, something. Yeah. So, anyway, so several this car pulls up, and several men get out, and one of them, you can tell he's, like, clearly intoxicated, um, starts, like, demanding to know where all the firemen are. So, Stella and Severide climb down, and Bowden comes out, and this one that's intoxicated goes on about how his friend is dead and how he was counting on the firemen, and they let him down. And so the next time that they find themselves in a jam and they want to call for help, like, they need to keep that in mind. Um, And then his, like, one of the other guys finally pulls the guy away and, like, they get in the car and they leave. 
The thing that I thought was kind of weird about this scene is, like, did they just, like, the other three men that were there kind of just, like, casually watching this happen, like, until the, like, the one guy had to deliver his line, like, no one seemed to care. Like, they just all just were, like, standing there. Like, no one seemed to care that his friend was, like, yelling at all these firemen and clearly drunk and, like, but yet they dropped him off in the first place, so clearly they were okay with it, but then they got embarrassed. Like, it was just, like, this weird, like, they were just, like, standing around. I was like, what the hell is happening right now? Like, I know, me and Gina was texting, because you didn't watch it live. So no, like, I did me not. me and her was texting, and she's like, why did they let a drunk person tell them where to go? Like, why did they, hold on, I'm going to pull the text up. She, like, put it in, like, yeah no but that's kind of what i was doing i was like why are they letting like first of all why didn't they just take their friend home because clearly he's why did the designated driver let the drunk friend tell them where to go right exactly like why first of all why didn't the designated driver take the friend home because he's clearly intoxicated and all up in his feels about his friend's death second of all why did they listen to the drunk dude Third of all, why'd they let him get out of the car and start yelling at firemen only to then pull him away eventually? Like, why didn't you pull him away eventually when he got out of the car? But yet you guys were just standing around. I was like, this is stupid. I was like, what is happening right now? Yeah, one, you would never, especially if they tell you, yeah, let's go to a firehouse and talk to these firemen. Like, why would you? Right, and especially, like, I mean, the feeling I got, especially because, like, we're going to talk about the plat scene, is, like, they were all, like, county whatever sheriffs or, like, correctional officers, whatever. They're all in, like, the line of duty. I don't know what, like, branch or whatever they are, but they're all, like, county sheriffs or whatever. So, like, as some, just out of respect, like, clearly the other three aren't intoxicated, so why would you let someone, your friend, I mean, and I get it, he, like, he's upset, he wants to get his feelings out, but why would you let someone go yell at basically your other brothers, even though not in the same city, but, like, still, like, other firemen or police officers or whatever it was, like, that's not okay. Yeah. It's just, it was weird. It was weird. Very. It was weird. But anyway, so then they leave, and Bowden, Severide, and Stella are all kind of looking at each other like, what the fuck? Like, what is, what just happened? Um... But then Platt comes to see them the next morning about the incident. And she says, she's like, you know, they're just county guys, like, blowing off some steam. Um, she's like, I'll go put in a good word until things blow over. Um, and Casey's still, like, clearly upset with himself about it. And he's like, yeah. He's like, you know, but they were, like, in the right, whatever. And Platt's like, you had a split-second decision to make, like, lives on the line. Like, most of these guys have been there. Just give them time. Like, they'll understand. Um so then Bowden and walks Platt out, and Casey's sitting there talking to Gabby. And he's like, I still want to go to this vigil. Um, he's like, and if they like if it becomes too big of a deal, like we'll just leave. Um, he's like, but I just feel like I need to pay my respects. So Casey and Gabby show up at the vigil when the friend who was drunk um like starts talking the night before, starts talking to them. And he's like, You guys look really familiar. He's like, Are you guys family friends? Or are you guys like you know, work for the department? And Casey's, like, awkwardly, he's like, well, you showed up to our firehouse the other night. And he's, like, the friend's like, yeah, I thought that's you. And then the friend starts, like, going on about how the guy that passed was, you know, this good guy. And he made everyone around him want to be better. And then it ends 
like it ends with him offering to introduce Casey and Gabby to some of the other guys, and I was just like, okay, whatever. This is the scene where Casey called Gabby his wife. I'm assuming, yeah, prob, yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah. Because like, is- we haven't heard him say that for like ever, and Twitter like freaked out when he was like, "My wife." Really? Like, oh, gosh. Yeah. See, so, yeah, because I so I didn't watch it because I was um obviously yeah, it was at basketball, and so yeah. I didn't, I didn't like pay, I didn't, I didn't go look on Twitter or anything to see like what people were saying about it, but that makes sense. People love them some Dossie. Um, so any little moment, but I just thought like, I don't know. I think we could have done without the whole like friend freaking out on the fireman storyline, like that part of it, that aspect of the storyline. Yeah. Like, I don't think it really added anything to it for me personally. Like I understand because of the decision and stuff like I understand Casey having to like like wanting to follow through and wanting to show up at the vigil and like that part of it makes sense but like the friend freaking out part of it doesn't make sense to me like I don't see why we needed that yeah I don't either um but anyway so but it all worked out in the end and Casey and Gabby didn't get kicked out of the vigil so it's fine (laughs) um so then we go to Stella and Zach and they're out on their date and she somehow, though, can't seem to stop talking about Severide. Because, of course, she can't. And, you know, she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. She's like, let's talk about something else. But as soon as Zach then starts talking about something new, um, she brings up Severide again. And she's like, yeah, but he's not an issue. Like, it's fine. You know, we just live together, whatever. Like, we're not romantically involved. Like, it's fine. <laughs> Girl, this is you trying to convince yourself that nothing's going on between <laughs> right? you and your roommate. Like, this is a classic example of, like, you trying to talk yourself into what you want to be the truth. But. Yeah. So, and, like, Zach kind of has this, like, okay, I'm going with that, but, like, I don't believe you look. But, like, you know, he doesn't say anything. He's like, yeah, okay, sure. Um, he knows, like, something's up. Yeah, like, I mean, and even when he had come to ask um, Stella out on the date initially to the firehouse, like, you can see, like, the camera pans to Severide for one second, and it's supposed to be from, like, Zach's point of view, like, because then Severide looks over at the them, like, talking, and, like, you can just tell, like, I mean, they're friendly, but, like, you know, Zach's a little distrusting of Severide um, just because of this whole situation. Um so then we go to Severide at Molly's and he's just sitting there, you know, enjoying his beer and Grissom shows up and he tells Kelly that he's going to get recognized with an accommodation um, for tackling the prisoner. And Kelly's like, really? Like, I don't know about that. Like, I haven't <laughs> heard that. And Grissom's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, this is great. Whatever. He's like, all that matters is how you use this to your maximum advantage. Um, I don't think that's how this works. Like, I don't think that's why people do those things. Like, doing things, doing good things for people is not so that you can then get rewarded for it and use it to your advantage. That's not why people do things. And that's what Severide starts telling him. Severide's like, you know, a sheriff deputy just died and, you know, Casey's taking heat for it. And Grissom's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, I mean, like, you know, he maybe deserves it, whatever. And Severide... And then Grissom starts going about how, 
you know, he had all these plans for him and his father. And then Severides will like to hell with my father and to hell with this. He's like, I got into this job to save lives and to find, you know, and then he tells Grissom, he's like, you know, you need to find someone else to do whatever the fuck you're trying to do because like, it's not going to be me. Drop my, the mic. Yeah, I was literally just about to say that. <laughs> Drop the mic. Severide just told Grissom off, like, get the fuck out of here, Grissom. Bye, Felicia. All those phrases. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it's about time. And I just, I don't know. I think from what? Because it's been, did we meet Grissom last episode? Was that the first time we saw him? Was that last week? Was it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. He hasn't been in that minute. Yeah. So whether it was last week or the week before, I think it was last week though. But just from the first moment, I don't know why, like why I don't understand why it's so important to Grissom for his legacy that someone be higher ranked. Like for someone to move up the ladder that fast. Like for me, if I was in Grissom's position, it would be much more important if someone like, was good at their job and, like, you know, had heard a lot of praise for the things he did in the community rather than, like, oh, well, I had, you know, I trained these four captains versus you trained three captains, so I'm clearly the better, like, chief or whatever the fuck Grissom's title is. Like, for me, it would be more important that, like, Severide's loved in the community and is, like, an important part of the firefighting community and that he's gotten a lot of praise for his good efforts rather than, like, up oh, Severide's just a, you know, lieutenant. Like, that's stupid. Like, clearly. <laughs> like, but that's just me. I mean, like, that's just me. And, like, I, that's why I'm glad Severide sees it. I mean, like, although we all knew Severide was going to see it as, like, you know, it's important to him to save lives and not the accommodations, but... Yeah, I'm glad he, like, finally stood up to him and told him something. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Severide really isn't one to let people walk all over him. Um, so I'm glad, though, it didn't take, like, five episodes for him to say something to Grissom. So. So then we go back to 51, next shift, and Severide brings Stella her charger to work again. And, you know, she appreciates, she, like, goes on, she's like, thanks, Sev. And then she's like, yeah, hey, hey, like, you know, I really wanted to say, like, thank you for letting me stay at your place for the past few weeks. She's like, but I think it's time that, like, I need to find a place. And Severed's well, like, don't rush it, whatever. <laughs> um, but then I had this realization, and I was like, holy shit, it's only technically, I guess, in one Chicago been a few weeks since she moved in. A few weeks? That's... Um, and it's like, how long have they been living together? Like, yeah. how many episodes? It's been like a couple episodes. Right. But then, like, I had to think about it. And I was like, really? Because, like, I was like, it's been so long. But I guess because, like, obviously they were on hiatus. But, uh, like, it feels like it's been forever. But, like, it really hasn't been that long when you think about, like, their world and, like, the world they live in. Because, like. Yeah, that's true. Right after, like, in January, whatever, episode 607 picked up right where 606 left off. So, like, it really hasn't been that long. And I was like, but I was like, wait, what? Like, I was like, it feels like it's been literally months. And it has in our world, but not in one Chicago world. I was like, I was like, that's weird. It's <laughs> so confusing like that. It is really confusing. But I was like, would you, but she just said, like, she's like, yeah, for the past few weeks. I was like, wait, what? Hold up. <laughs> 
I was like, this is weird. Um, Do you think she's actually going to find a new place? I don't know, because I thought, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I don't think so. I think, I mean, we're literally going to talk about kind of the cliffhanger of this episode and, like, what happens. But I bet because she's going to feel guilty or, like, she's going to feel like she needs to be there to take care of him. So then, at least for the next maybe episode or two, she's going to feel, like, this need to stay with Severide and, like, protect him. But then I think about it, too, is, like, where is she going to go? Like, I mean, I guess she doesn't need a roommate, but, like, so she could just get her own apartment, but I don't know. Her and Brett can move in together. I mean, Brett can get out of that house. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And I think, though, it's interesting. Um, I think it also depends, too, on how long it takes them to get into Stellaride. Because if Stellaride happens within, like, the next episode or two when we come back after the Olympics... They're not going to, I mean, I don't think they're going to do it because then they're going to be in a relationship. So she's going to be spending nights there anyway. So, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but, like, yeah. if they don't do Stellaride until, like, much closer to the season finale. Like May Sweeps. What? The May Sweeps thing or whatever. What is that? So, okay, it's, like, in May, like, all the, for, like, the finales, like, TV line has this thing called May Sweeps or whatever, and, like, they have a bunch of stuff, and it's, like, this Like, spoilers? Thing. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Oh, okay. They just call it Like, May they Sweeps. have, like, for, like, it'd be, like, the couples that say, like, I love you for the first time, or, like, couples that are getting together, and you oh, have to, like, guess they, like, they are. I, okay, I got you, I got you, I got you. Um, Yeah. So, like, I guess it just, I think it also depends, like, whether Stella moves out, like, on when they start doing Stellaride. Because we all know Stellaride's going to happen either, if it doesn't happen as soon as we get back from the Olympic hiatus or, like, within an episode or two, then it's going to happen in the season finale. Yeah, and, like, I know we'll get to it, but, like, this big cliffhanger, I think it maybe, like, force them together. That's what I think. That's what I think. But let's, okay, so, yeah, let's just get... Well, I have one more scene to talk about, and then we'll talk about this cliffhanger. So, Bowden then calls Severide into his office and tells him about the accommodation he's getting. Um, and Severide's eh, like, eh, I'm going to pass on it. And Bowden's like, well, why? Like, is it because of Grissom? And Severide's like, yeah, like, Grissom cooked it up to try to motivate, you know, him up the chain or me up the chain of command. And he's like, I'm not doing it. Um, and then Bowden, you know, gives him this whole, you know, Papa Bowden speech or whatever. And. It kind of leaves up that. But then they get this big call, so they kind of get interrupted. And so, like I said, they get this big call. Everyone, including Hazmat, is called out. And there's a bunch of different parts to this call. Like, I had to watch this scene a couple times to make sure I, like, saw all the different parts. So, I still don't really know what kind of factory thing this is. But it's some kind of factory, I'm assuming. Um, and there's, like, some kind of gases, whatever. That part's not as important. So, <laughs> um, so Severide, Matt's like, hey, we're going to deal with, you know, some of the people outside that are coming right in. He's like, Severide, like, I want you in charge. So Severide's okay. So Severide starts leading the charge as soon as, Hazma, as, soon as Hazmat, like, starts clearing some of the area. And so Zach and Severide go inside, and they see a couple of victims in there. 
Um, and the thing is, though, is that they're running against the clock because of whatever gases are in this factory. Like, whenever they start to combine, they're going to have this huge explosion that's twice the size of the previous one that got them called to this area in the first place. So Severide and Zach are working together, and Zach tries shutting off one of the valves, but it's not going to budge, and it ends up blowing off and sends Zach flying backwards several feet. Um, and Severide ends up having to call Mayday for him, um, which just means, like, he's down and he needs help. Um, but so then Stella goes in to help Casey with a trapped woman. Um, and that's kind of in the moment when Stella, when Stella comes in, like, they soon only realize that they really only have a few minutes to get everyone who's still in there out. Um, and so Bowden is, like, at this point, Bowden's like, hey, you know, all units got to get out of here. But they can't really say anything to anyone because... Because of all the asphalt and the concrete and whatever, like, their walkie-talkies or whatever, radios, whatever the fuck you want to call them, <laughs> um, you can't get really signals in or out. So they're kind of screwed. Um, so Cruz is in there, and Cruz, Severide orders Cruz to take Zach out um, as he wants to go to the roof where there's, like, a for sure shut-off valve. Um, and Cruz is like, no, like, cat or no, Lieutenant, like, he's like, you got to come with us. And Severide's like, no, Cruz, get out of here. Like, that's an order. Um, and so Stella mentions to Casey that Severide went upstairs to try to whatever, get it. So then Casey tells Stella to take the wounded woman out and he's going to go help Severide. So once Stella gets the wounded woman out, she rushes over to Zach, who's being helped by Gabby and Brett. And they're like, oh, you know, he just inhaled some gas. Like, you know, he's going to be okay. Um, so as I mentioned, Casey rushes up to the roof to help Severide, who is working on the valve that still won't really budge, and they're hoping that just by them holding the valve manually, it'll work long enough for them to get everyone out of the building. And so they're working together, and Casey's like, he's like, I don't, he's like, we survive. He's like, I don't know if you'll get, you should get a reprimand or another accommodation. And... Matt and Casey ends up revealing that it, he's the one who actually suggested the commendation, not Grissom. And Severide's like, really? And he's like, yeah. And then Matt gets this crazy-ass idea. And once they realize they're like, need to get out of there in like seconds. Um, and so he looks at the end of the building. He's like, how many steps do you think it's going to take for us to get to the build end of the building? And Severide's like, I don't know. Um, and he's like, what are you thinking? And Casey's like, well, he's like, we're going to jump. And Severide's like, are you fucking nuts? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? And he's like, he's like, we don't have any time. And so what do they do? They run to the edge of the building. And as the building starts exploding, they jump into the water. And that is how the episode ends, ladies and gentlemen. It's freaking insane. I didn't realize. And I guess because. The promo episodes, like, when we talked about Severide getting hurt in the big explosion picture, like, they came, they were technically labeled as 612. So, I didn't even think about the fact that, like, it would be a cliffhanger and that it was, you know, we were going to see this happen and whatever. Like, I just assumed it was going to be a very minuscule call in the, that in that episode in 612. So, I had no idea this was coming. And I remember when I was watching it on Friday, I was texting with you and Gina, and I was like, holy shit, I was like, these last 10 minutes, and you guys were like, just wait. And I was like, oh, God. I was like, something's going to go wrong. This is going to be bad. And I was like, dear Lord. 
and then the promo happened and then i was like oh my god like it was just crazy yeah and so we actually in allison's email she sent us she was like those two jumping off the roof was the most badass scene in fire history, in my opinion. They honestly could have left me without a next episode promo and had me believe they hopped out of the river, high-fived, and went back to the firehouse. That's really what they should have done. But yeah, so if you haven't seen the promo for 612, which is the episode that airs... March 1st. Yes, March 1st, because it's the day before Gina and I leave for Chicago. Um <laughs> But, yeah, so March 1st. I was going to say February 28th, but March 1st, yes. Um, It basically – Casey's fine, and, you know, he gets out of the river or whatever. But Severide is, like – I don't know if he's unconscious, but, like, he's definitely, like, laying in the river, like, not moving, like, having a hard time. And Stella freaks out, and Casey freaks out, and Stella ends up – they end up having to, like – maneuver this like pulley system on the ladder of the fire truck and Stella ends up like pulling him out of the water she's like screaming and she's like very traumatic and see that's what I think's gonna like, she, he, she's worried about him so I think that's gonna like force them back like together yeah no that's definitely what I think um but yeah that promo is very traumatic and I was like because I think in my messages I'm like looking through them real quick I texted you guys about it because I was having all my feelings. Um, and I was like, wait, what's happening? And you guys were like, wait, about the promo. I was like, there's a promo? I was like, wait, what? I was so confused since I didn't watch <laughs> it live. Um, yeah, I was just like, what? Um, yeah, and I was like sitting here watching it. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, it was so crazy. Yeah. Um, and that, I think – I mean, granted, I'm so over factory fires at this point. This is, like, what, three this season? Three. Yeah, because it opened, yeah, three, four, something like that. This is a lot. I'm very over factory fires, but I think in terms of the suspense for the last ten minutes, I think this is one of the best, like, suspense-building calls we've had in a very long time. Yeah. Um, I really, I enjoyed it, even though I hated it, but I enjoyed it at the same time. Um, but yeah. And I knew it was going to have to end on a cliffhanger anyways because of the Olympics, but I didn't think it was going to be that big of a cliffhanger. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised for just like, I mean, they're only off for, well, Fire's off for three weeks, but like, they're only really off for like a couple of weeks. Like, I was surprised it was that big of a cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, and I think it was funny too, I mean... We've talked about different – we've talked a little bit about before between the difference uh, of, like, people who don't really get involved in, like, Twitter fandom of One Chicago versus, like, the Facebook people – like, the people who do. And so, like, on Facebook in one of the, like, Chicago – like, the Shy Hearts group, people were talking about um, – they're like, oh, my God, what do you guys think is going to happen to Severide? Like, I hope they don't kill him off. I'm like, they're not killing Severide off. Like <laughs> – if they did, that would be a cliffhanger you'd see in a season finale. Like, they're not killing Severide off in the middle of a season. Like, I mean, first of all, they're not killing him off, period. But, like, if they were, it'd be a season finale, not in the middle of a season. Like, And, like, do they not look at uh, pictures, like, Instagram and, like... Yeah, I like, the cast uses pictures and people find him on the street. Like, he's obviously alive. Right. It was, like, over the <laughs> summer with 
um, Casey, like, people started, you know, seeing Jesse Spencer, like, filming and going to that and was like, oh, well, of course Casey survives. Like, I was just like, right, I was just like, I was just like, this is stupid. I was like, people clearly don't like, but it's just different because, like, obviously we sit here and we analyze TV a little bit more, so we start to see patterns of how, you know, the writers think or whatever, but if you just watch and you don't pay that much attention, then I guess you could think that Severide might die. Yeah, I get if you're not, like, I mean, we're, like, big into the fandom and, like, see, like, everything. So, I guess if you don't pay attention to everything, maybe you could think that. Right, yeah. I don't know. It was just interesting. I just, I saw that on Facebook, like, one day when I was scrolling. And I was like, do you guys need to calm down? He's going to be fine. Um, but, yeah, so that's all for that storyline. Um, let's talk a little bit about Herman and... Annabelle. So Brett and Gabby are having a conversation in the very beginning of the episode and Herman interrupts them and asking if they've seen Annabelle and they're like no we haven't and then Herman walks away and Gabby's like well was I supposed to like is she supposed to be here? Um, So Herman's looking for Annabelle and he finds her in Bowden's office coloring and Bowden's in there as well. And Herman rushes in, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. He's like, I forgot it was bring your daughter to work day, and Cindy insisted that I bring her, so here she is. And so then we get to see, so after they come back from the first call with the correctional officer, Mouch and Otis walk into the common area, and Mouch is visibly upset because Annabelle is sitting in his spot on the couch. And Otis points out to Herman that... It's like, you know, maybe shouldn't you be taking her, like, showing her around the firehouse, giving her a tour? And Herman's like, no, I don't need to do that. Why? And Otis is like, well, maybe because the whole point of bringing his daughter to work is to show her around the firehouse, like, show her what you actually do. And Herman's like, no, 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 it's fine. Um, And so Malge ends up sitting right beside her, and he attempts to take the remote from her, but she's not going to budge. And so they get stuck watching, like, kids' cartoons. And so they're still sitting around in the common area when Platt comes to see Mouch. And she starts talking about how she's going to have to pull some overtime. So he's going to have to do the grocery shopping because they're dealing with a triple homicide. And she goes on about the triple homicide and how it is related to a cartel and blah, 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 blah. And so then Mouch goes to get a pen so he can start writing like their grocery list down. And Herman quickly rushes over and she's like, what? And Herman's like, Ixnay on the homicide A, like, <laughs> stop talking about it. And well, Annabelle's right there. And Trudy walks over and, like, immediately changes the channel. She's like, you shouldn't be watching this. Um, and Annabelle asks, she's like, are you an officer? And Trudy's like, yeah, I'm a police sergeant. And Annabelle's like, do you have a gun? And Trudy's like, yeah, I do. And she's like, do you use it? And she's like, kid, I've got lots of stories. Like, if only you knew. <laughs> Um, so then when their first shift is over, Herman's walking out with Stella Mouch, and as they're walking out, um, she, he starts telling them that Cindy's not happy with him, that he didn't give Annabelle the real firehouse experience, and Stella starts listing things, she's like, well, did you take her on the truck, and he's like, no, she's like, did you show her a ladder demonstration, and he's like, no, and, Mouch is like, did you show her something with the hose? And he's like, no. And Stella's like, well, yeah, of course I agree with Cindy. She's like, there was way too much television going on. Um, And then she starts talking about 
how Annabelle's like a smart little girl. One day she's going to throw him a curveball. So, like, it's okay if she doesn't want to be just like you, but, like, you kind of have to, like, show her opportunities so that she can, like, find her own person. And so Stella leaves him on this line about, like, one day Annabelle's going to throw him a curveball. And they, like, walk away. And Herman's standing here. She's like, he's like, she's eight. I still have a few more years before she comes home with a nose ring, right? <laughs> yes, of course you do. But, like, I have a feeling she's going to be some sassy little, like, girl. You got to watch out. Um, so this episode, this storyline ends with, um, Platt bringing Annabelle to Firehouse 51, um, and, you know, she's, like, all dressed like a little police officer, and it's so cute, and Herman's like, hey, like, what are you doing here, whatever, and she's like, mommy signed me up to be a junior police explorer, um, and so then Platt, like, plays along with the scenario, or, I don't really know if it's, like, (laughs) I honestly, I don't really know what truancy is. I haven't gotten it. I didn't get the chance to Google it. So I don't know if this is actually, I think they were just playing around, but I don't think there's any kind of real warning. I don't know what truancy is, like I said. Um, But so they like joke in quotes, because I'm still not really sure about (laughs) the whole thing. Um, Like Herman gets like written warrant about, truancy because he didn't give proper warning to his daughter's school for that he was like, taking her out of school for bring your daughter to work day so that is the whole herman storyline thing we could talk about it after the brett storyline but ashley what were your thoughts on both i mean both about the brett storyline and this herman storyline did you feel like because i mean i think for me personally i felt like so much was happening everywhere else with Severide and Stella and Casey and whatever that for me these like I I mean obviously I know they kind of have to have like a B storyline and a C storyline like that's just how episodes of TV work but like for me the BC the B storylines and the C storylines were so random in some ways that I was like I really wish I was just watching an hour of Severide and Casey and Stella like that part of it mm-hmm so what were yeah. your thoughts? I said that truancy warning is about a child when they have like six or more absences or something like that. Because I Googled it. Oh, thank you so for Googling about that. Absences. That's cool. But yeah, that scene was cute. I mean, I liked her. Uh, when she came in, Annabelle came in and dressed as a police officer. That was yeah. really cute. But yeah, these like B and C storylines were, I could have done without some of them. Right, and, like, yeah, I think I could have done what, like, well, so we'll talk about the Brett storyline, like, right now, but, like, I think I could have done without that one more than, like, I like the Platt, Herman, Annabelle one more than I like the Brett one. Brett one, yeah. The Brett one we could have done without. Yeah, so let's talk, so there's not a whole lot to it. So, basically, when Gabby is talking to Brett in the very beginning of the episode, um, She's like, yeah, like, we dropped the la- off the last debris things, and her dad looks 10 years younger, like, he's did great in rehab, whatever. Um, first of all, why the fuck didn't we get to see, like, this is how the storyline ends, like. Right, like, is that, is, are we done seeing Bria? Like, this is so, like, after all of that that we went through last week. <laughs> With them trying to get, you know, temporary guardianship or foster parents for her. Like, granted, it was only going to be a week. But I figured because of the importance of Bria to both Severide and Dawson, 
we could have, like, we would have seen her dad at least leave rehab. Like, you're telling me this is how the storyline ends? Right? Like, we could have seen them bring her back to him? Right, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're telling me we just get one line about it and that's it? We've literally been... We so much. Yeah, we've been (laughs) talking about this for four episodes. This is so... Yeah. This was really frustrating. Yeah, we deserved more than that little line. Right, and I'm not saying it had to be an entire A storyline or B storyline or C storyline, but, like, a scene. Yeah. So, like, I wonder if she'll show up again? Maybe, I don't know. But I don't think it doesn't seem like it. Based on this, like, it seems like, you know, Bria and her dad are going to now go live their happily ever after and be done. Yeah, I don't know. It's it that really frustrated me. Yeah, we feel like after all these storylines about her, and then they just drop it like that. Yeah, and like because it was such a big part of Gabby, and then now it's become such a big part of Casey, and it was even such a big part of Severide. Like literally, the three main characters on Chicago Fire had this big storyline, and we get it wrapped up with one line. Okay, sure. And, like, I guess I get it, too, that, like, because of the Olympics and the way it had to go, that, like, they had to either kind of wrap it up or, like, somehow make it a part of the cliffhanger. Like, I get all of those things because, like, they needed a cliffhanger to go into the Olympics. But, like, somewhere I guess it could have been edited down or, like, they could have kept going for, like, you know, three or four more episodes. Like, I almost would have rather it seen drawn out. Like, have Bria be the B or C storyline this week, and then have it seen, like, have it drawn out for, like, two or three more episodes when the Olympics, like, after the Olympics are over, rather than it wrapped up too quickly. Yeah, because this feels like they've only had her for, like, a week. Right. Yeah, it was, it was weird. But anyway, so Gabby casually mentions that to Brett, um, and then she also mentions about how, now that she and Casey, you know, it's just, she Casey like you know we're gonna try to find some reconnect um and use these spa passes that we got as a wedding gift over a year ago which in real life they probably wouldn't be valid after a year but this is one Chicago world so it's fine (laughs) so then Gabby ends up giving her spa passes to Brett because once she and Matt decide to go to the vigil like you know they can't go anymore so then Brett asks Stella if she'd be interested in joining her. But Stella's like, oh, I have a date, whatever. Like, I can't go. She's like, you should ask your roomie. Just, of course, as Cruz walks by. And, of course, he's like, yeah, sure. He's like, I've been, you know, the slam against been tough on my shoulder. Like, I could use a spa. Sure. Um, so then Oda in the locker room as they're changing and stuff out of their fire stuff into normal clothes after the end of shift. Otis starts questioning Cruz about their, like, massage date, if you want to call it that. Um, And Cruz is like, yeah, like, I just think Brett was being, like, genuine with her invitation. And Otis is like, "Eh, I think it's a little too intimate for two people who are supposedly supposed to be just friends. Um, And he's like, Cruz, if you ruin this, like, I'm not going to be happy. Like, we're roommates. Everything's good right now. Like, don't screw this up. Why are they going back to the storyline of, like, her 
like Brett and Cruz, like. I don't know. It just seems so kind of random. I don't know. I that's what I don't like it. That's what I said. I thought to me it was a little too random. Like if they even if they had from just the onset of season six, like started dropping hints that maybe Cruz still had a thing for Brett, I would have been more okay with it. But it was literally only after Antonio and Brett broke up the second time that Cruz all of a sudden had still his feelings for Brett. I was like, this is stupid. Like, I don't want this to be a love triangle. <laughs> right? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. So, it doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. So, Brett's at the spa. The last scene is Brett's at the spa, and she's ready to be pampered, and Cruz isn't there yet. And she starts asking the attendant for advice about, um, because she's like, yeah, you know, my friend that's showing up, like, we kind of had a thing once, and she's like, but I don't want to get, send him the wrong idea about this being more than that. She's like, so what should I do? But then suddenly Mouch appears in his robe and tells Brett that Cruz couldn't make it. And then Brett's like caught him embarrassed because, you know, she obviously just said like, she's like, oh yeah, the guy and I like had a thing. But then that obviously implies that like Brett and Mouch had a thing, which would just be really (laughs) weird and random. Um, But yeah, that's literally, that's all this storyline was. And I was like, I could have done without this. Yeah, I didn't really get this storyline much. No, and it was just, it was so fast. Like, at that point, I rather would have just the whole storyline been cut and had more, like, Severide Casey, Severide Stella, Stella Zach, like, just anything in that atmosphere versus this. Yeah. Like, to me, it just didn't make sense. No, and that's, like, going back, I don't know, this whole storyline doesn't make yeah it was it's it was weird um but yeah that's the end of this episode Ashley what were your overall thoughts about um this last episode before the Olympics it was intense but I liked it yeah it was intense it was good besides like again I would have wished there was some Bria in this like just to wrap that stuff up um but it was good um yeah, I'm excited to see what happens when we come right back from the Olympics. Um, A, not only to kind of wrap up this storyline um, and see how the cliffhanger, you know, is dealt with, but also because there's only, like, once we come back from the Olympics, there's a week of episodes, and then it's the crossover, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's a week of episodes, and then, like, the last week of February, first week of March, and then there's crossover. So, like, pretty much almost as soon as right we get back, we're going to start kind of, I guess, I would guess to start to see threads of where the crossover is going to come in as well. But I could be wrong about that. So, yeah. So, it'll be good. I'm excited. I mean, I wish we weren't getting a three-week break in the middle of February. (laughs) But I'm excited to see where they come back after the Olympics. So and March seems like it's so far away. Because, like, how slow January went, it, like, seems like March is so See, January away. to me went by so fast. Like, I can't yeah. believe it's February right now. But, yeah, February's going to go by in a blink of an eye, though, to me. Um, yeah, me too. I have stuff close. I live in Louisiana, so we have Mardi Gras, so it's, like, it's going to go by. Big deal. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah. So that's it, though, for this week's episode. Um, as always, you can find us on all forms of social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr. Just meet us at Molly's. You can always send us your thoughts. You can either DM them or email them to us, meetsatmollies at gmail.com. We love, 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 love when you guys, you know, have conversations about what's going on in the episode, storylines, just in the fandom world in general. Um, we promise we, we're really better. We're a lot better this year about responding. So send them to us. You know, we promise we don't bite. Um, but yeah, and you can find us individually on Twitter. I'm at BrianaK13, Ashley. I'm at Ashley95. And Gina is Gina Watches TV. Um, we will be back on Friday with PD. PD. Well, hey, Med. Med. Yes. TV. <laughs> we're, we're definitely, we're still trying to figure out how we're going to get all our episodes in this week. Um, we'll. It's a little crazy for all three of us, but there will be some new episode on Friday. Unclear if it's Med or PD or both. Um, but yeah, just stay tuned. It'll be a surprise for all of us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you guys for something on Friday. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>